today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. I would like to give an apology. Let's start off with an apology. And I don't mean a defense. Like the Greek apology? I do not mean a defense. Okay. I mean, like... You've actually, you're saying you're sorry. Yes. I forgive you. Thank you. Dave and I run a Catholic radio station here in, in Tulsa. And recently, our radio station's internet went down. And our engineer said, hey, the internet's ran down, uh, ran down, uh, been knocked off, off grid and I have to do some work on it. I'm going to run up back, some backup programming. And in his defense, we had told him we would like new backup programming. Yes. But failed to actually provide him with any new backup programming. Right. And so what happened was, is he ran... He, he the, took what he had, and which was the basically Catholic nothing show. but our show... And ran the Catholic Man Show on Catholic Radio for about 48 hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> and I was unaware of it until actually Father Sean Donovan texted me and was like, hey, I'm really getting all the nuances of the Catholic Man Show. And I was like, what does that even mean? And he started like, you know, saying those little one-liners, I guess, that you and I typically say. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, cool. And he's like, yeah, well, I, I'm doing that because I, I keep hearing you. I thought the interesting thing was all of like the weird phenomena that started happening. Like all the liberals on the liberal side of town, like all said they had migraines. The birth rate shot up during mm. that 48 hours. I mean, it was like all these the hospitals were over. Yeah, it was just like a lot of weird things that happened during that 48 hours. 48 like hours. Unexplained, really. Yeah. So if you're listening in Tulsa, just I apologize that. For 48 hours. We just think we are the best. <laughs> yeah, and so that was not we just the case. wanted to run I like, us. When I, when I heard that, I was like, man. For two how, whole days. How egotistical. How egotistical does that sound? It's like, it's my station. Adam and I have difference of opinion on this. Okay, <laughs> you're welcome. It's like, I own this station, so you're going to listen to me for 48 hours. Like, that was the worst. I, I apologize. Nothing you can do about it. Yes. So, um, if you're not listening from Tulsa, you're welcome. Yeah, I see. Well, why apologize when you could just say, you're welcome? Well, what can I, I say? I felt like I needed except to. Except you're welcome. I felt like I needed to apologize. Okay, well, you did it. 
Yep. Uh, we are recording this evening on a Monday, meaning that we are drinking water, being on Exodus 90. Uh, this weekend, Pretty good w- water, though. This weekend was pretty jam-packed for both of us. Yeah. Uh, we celebrated my mom's birthday, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and also my nephew was born on my mom's birthday. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Which is pretty awesome. Welcome to the world, Blaze. Yeah. Blaze, Blaze uh, Weston. Do you think he's going to set the world on fire? I, I hope, hope he so. does. Oh, man. I not hope in like, he an does. Art, like in a, a very spiritual way. Not in a really right. I mean, physical way. I don't see as like, a boy a named way. Blaze how you avoid like at least a pyro phase. I mean, like, I think I'm still living in a pyro. I think I'm still going through a pyro phase. I love fire. I mean, right? Yeah. Don't don't you? I, I mean, do. I, I mean, I own a grill. I own a, a grill gun, gun, and I I use my fireplace on the reg. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, I like to burn things. Um, I think like that's where, like my pyromania and uh, like living in a household. This like this is where candles come from. Okay, we can have just a controlled fire. I mean, at first you think candles are not, they're not manly until you like really experience it. And it's like, hey. And and also uh, your grandmother's birthday was this weekend. My grandmother, uh, Shirley Gavula, she is an absolutely incredible woman. Uh, One of the toughest old ladies ever. Uh, She turned 97. Um, She had COVID. No, no, hey, no problem. 97. Um, she looked fantastic. She had, in fact, we thought she was going to die here about a month ago. Um, my mom's a nurse. In fact, my grandmother told me that my mom just wouldn't let her die. And my mom said that wasn't true, (laughs) (laughs) but that she didn't do anything. Uh, and grandma just got better, you know, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. she's just, she's a tough old lady, which is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she looked at me, I thought, cause she, she like went through a pretty rough spell. So mm-hmm. I kind of, when we went up to see her uh, a couple weeks ago for Christmas, which is like right at that time, I kind of thought, you know, like when old people get like close to death, they don't, they kind of like look emaciated a lot, a lot of times. And, sure. you know, the, it's amazing how different she rebounded, look, you know, very quickly. It's like you go and see him, it's like, oh, wow, they, you'd hardly recognize him. Yeah, she looked fantastic. That's awesome. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, so yesterday I had her birthday party. Then we went to another... In Oklahoma City. In Oklahoma City, we went there, and then we came back for another birthday party. So for me, on a Sunday, eating sweets, it's about as good, about as, good as it gets. That's fair. Cake, cake twice. Cake twice. And That's ice cream. Cake and ice cream twice. That's a win. It was a great Sunday. Good, good, good. So yeah, so we didn't record yesterday for for those reasons. People were um, all over the place, yeah. Yeah, we were, we were all over, but... It was it was good. Happy birthday, mom! I want to give a, a shout out to John Cornwell. Okay, Cornwell. He uh, sent me a nice English name. What a what a beautiful English name! Mm-hmm. Like he sent me an email about the cabinets. I really appreciated his uh, his advice. Uh, I do have an update on my cabinets. If 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 we have time, do we have time for a cabinet? Dave's cab- cabinet segment. I, I will not have an an update every week. <laughs> I promise. But uh, I do have an update. I've been working on building a crosscut sled. Okay. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably, I'm gonna need one for mm-hmm. cutting down all kinds of stuff. And that has been, um, that's been progressing with varying degrees of failure. Okay. Uh, I had my first shop accident. I still have all my fingers. That's good. Uh, and I'm obviously being safe, but I was cutting a big piece of uh, plywood, and it got kicked back right at me. It was a unpleasurable experience <laughs> my arm luckily 
took a lot of the a lot of the force and not like Your my gut, gut right? Oh, and man. but I did hit me in the gut, but I had on my really thick belt that you got me. For oh yeah, like, it's my when I uh, carrying belt, right? Mm-hmm. So so it's a really thick. Mm-hmm. A lot of great protection from plywood. They should maybe even market it that way. Like hey. In the, if you're an in, idiot cutting plywood, <laughs> right, in the event of <laughs> like launched plywood, this might help. You know, it really did help me. So, uh, but we're progressing. I'm progressing. Uh, earlier today, I got the runners cut, and it's a fantastic fit. Nice for the for the good. bottom of this crosscut sled. So I'm gonna probably attach those tomorrow evening. Okay. Um, also, Joan's birthday. It's Joan's birthday. W- Won. Lady Won Posada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's her birthday today, which is why Juan's not here. Juan hasn't been here in... We don't even know if he's still friends with us. Yeah. I haven't talked to him in a long time. I don't know. Like, over a month, maybe? I don't know. I don't, like, when was the, our Christmas party? I guess Epiphany been, or whatever? It's been a while. But um, his son, Santi, has his first confession this Friday. Oh, great. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. He's my godson, so... Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Keep tabs on him. Good. good It'll be good. good. It'll be good. We're about four weeks out from uh, Lady Haley uh, giving birth. Yes. So we're getting really close there. That's going to be exciting. What do you uh, think? What do you the, think? Boy or girl? Uh, I'm going with boy. I'm going with boy. Playing the odds. I'm playing the odds. Uh-huh. Um, I'm also just... What would you prefer? Do you have a preference? Uh, I would... No. You do. You almost said one. What is um, it? Just tell I, us. I, the reason why I'm picking a boy is that I feel like that... If it was a girl, there'd be more clothes being bought. Okay. From like, I think Haley would like be buying things uh, because we don't have a lot of girl things. But dude, if it's a girl, we, I mean, like, we're gonna we're gonna dump on you. Oh yeah, you have a lot of stuff. I wasn't sure even by. I was like, okay, that's uh, that's gross and uncalled (laughs) for. Excuse me. uh, yeah, so, but in, the, in, uh, in between all of that, we have, so we're, we have a, a talk we're giving at Holy Family, uh, and then the Catholic, uh, Oklahoma Catholic Men's Conference that I'm emceeing, like, a couple days after the birth of, of my child. Nice. That Haley allowed me to, to do, and then we're going to uh, Rogers, Arkansas in, in February. Uh-huh. Uh, February 8th, I believe. Yeah. And then uh, we're going to... Uh, up in the northeast for a men's conference in March. Yes, and then we're also going to Phoenix in March for the Saint Philip Neri con- uh, festival. Super, excited. one of my favorite like things that uh, happens. Like, yeah, so if you are in the Phoenix area, look it up. Look up the Saint Philip Neri festival. Festival. It's tickets a, are on sale. It's a family event. Yeah, it is. It is. So like, there was a lot of families. Is that this really cool place out there? Um, and on a farm. It's a. Co- it's like comedy. Catholic comedy community culture conference. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it, it Come. it's put on by lay uh, uh, lay people. Like it's a whole group of people that just kind of get together and say like we're going to do this. It's all about joy. Bringing it's all like, about joy because because we're Catholic, we should be joyful. That's right. I mean, we're hallelujah people. Hallelujah, baby. So. Anyway, we've got a lot of things coming up. Uh, you can go to thecatholicmanshow.com, sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we'll be sending out some play-by-plays here pretty quick. Also, if you support us on Patreon, you get a lot of really cool stuff like a Glee and Karen glass. Got a mention of Glee and Karen glass uh, for whiskey or uh, beer glasses. And you're able to participate in our book club. 
This can be starting up again here pretty quick. So we'll be right back. Whether you want to pray a daily holy hour or you want to hit up adoration once a week, we have a guide that is designed to help you show up and open yourself to Christ. It's downloadable and it's mobile friendly. Go to xs90.com slash tcms. That's tcms for the Catholic Man Show. xs90.com slash tcms for a downloadable mobile friendly guide on how to make a holy hour. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. Jimbo Baggins in the house. Oh yeah, we didn't even say hi to Jim. Hey Jim. Hey, hey Jim. He looks like a delicious. He's drinking glass whiskey. of scotch. You have there. <laughs> it's a bourbon. Bourbon. Uh, well, it is bourbon, but I said it looks like a de- you know mm-hmm. a delicious glass of scotch. It could be. But he's drinking some Oak and Eden bottle finished. Mm-hmm. Wheat and Spire. Four of the yummies. Four yummies. Four yummies. So that's always good. Whatever that means. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I was going to talk about the the hoodie and sweatshirt. I was supposed to already get that done. I was supposed to get that done today, and I just I just did not. So I apologize. But you mean getting them out? Yeah, getting them out to like you know for for sale. Oh. Uh, but I'm still trying to figure out exactly how many we're giving away. But by the time this our, comes out, maybe they'll be it, ready. Yeah. But I'm still trying to figure out exactly how many we're giving away to our $50 and up patrons. You know, because if you're a $50 gotcha. and up patron, you know, you get one for free. Uh, we have black, the one you're wearing. We also have white. This is Jim's. He's, this is his extra. It's, I mean, he, he wasn't wearing this, but. Jim, take your shirt off. <laughs> um, it's an aircraft carrier on the front of this one. So limited, re- <laughs> li- limited release. Uh, there is no so, paradise for cowards sweatshirt. Yeah. I think I, I really like it. It's like my favorite hoodie. Not just because it's our hoodie, but it's super comfortable. It's soft. It is It is very soft. And it's just well made. So anyway. The thickness. I'm down with the thickness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I dig. Also, if you go to centralpress.com, you can pick up our book, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. This is another reason why we're uh, giving a talk at Holy Family and other uh, other places is because we wrote a book for Centrum Press. Turns out anybody can write a book. Literally anybody can do that. Yep. If so. you can put words together, then you can write a book. You don't even have to be able to put words together. Actually, AI can actually write a whole book for you. That's right. So, um, anyway. I tried I tried to go to that today uh, for work purposes. <laughs> okay. Uh, because, like, I've had people ask me about it, and it was too busy. It wouldn't mm-hmm. let me on. Wow. Yeah. The server was not but on the capable. news on the news they have been doing nothing but talking about chat gpt mm-hmm. it's basically constantly all they talk about oh about oh look this person asked it to do this and it passed wharton business school it passed a test from the wharton school of business which was like an essay test mm-hmm. and it got a b or something and so it's wild everybody's freaking out about it because they're like oh what's the like why would you pay so much money to go to the Wharton School of Business when you could just go to chat.openai.com and have it give you all the answers? Good question, I think. Knowledge versus wisdom? We should, that we should like, I would love to do a, an episode on uh, AI, not because I know anything about it, but just because it's crazy. And it is uh, like, 
I would like to do an episode where we got somebody who knew who knew about it. about it. Let us know if you are somebody who right knows who, a lot who about would be it. like the perfect Catholic AI guest. We would like to have him on. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, emotions or passions. Okay. Uh, are they the same? Well, They're not quite the same, are they? Uh, we can talk about that in just a second. Okay. Uh, the reason why I wanted to, the reason why I came into the, this topic was you. We're doing a great books. Uh, we have a great books club where we get have guys come together and we're reading, you know, the great books. Yeah. And uh, we're starting. We started with Plato's dialogue. We talked about this. It's like on the a show. guy's afternoon in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna finish that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So you know, we start with the Plato's dialogues. Uh, Deacon Harrison Garlic hosts us, and we all read and then get together and have, you know, a, a beer or a wine yeah. or whatever, yeah. and 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 talk about. We're doing the Iliad right now. Doing the Iliad right now. I uh, did not do we, the reading, but I did watch the movie Troy. So it's basically you're, before you're, before you're Exodus started. So I feel like I, I the, did uh, good enough. Yeah, you've. You basically have read Iliad and the Odyssey. Right. But, well, no, uh, not the Odyssey, but the Iliad. Yeah. The movie doesn't go into the Odyssey. Yeah, it does. Not Troy. Not the movie Troy. Not the, no. Yeah, they have the, the whole horse. The Trojan okay. horse. Okay, well, but it doesn't actually go into Odysseus's return home. Right. You're right. It does have the horse in there. Uh, but it, so we're, we've read the first four books, and in the in the first four books, you know, in the third book. Like the first four chapters. They call them correct. books. They yeah. call them books. Good, good distinction. Uh, in the first, in the third book, you have uh, Menelaus and you have Paris. They're about to fight, mm-hmm. right? And, and Paris is this yeah, guy. That's in the movie. I saw that. Yeah, and Paris is this guy who is just his his passions for uh, lust are just out of control. He's so he's very effeminate. He's, very he, effeminate. he's like the prototypical effeminate man, right? And so he, just lust is just completely overrunning him. Like his thoughts, everything that that um, that he controls him causes is, him to make a lot of bad decisions right and then you have menelaus who is all about you know his irascible appetites are just controlling him right he has anger and just rage and all and they were you know they're and about pride. to fight and pride yeah and they have they're about to fight you know and so it's just like this irascible versus concupiscent appetites fighting one yeah. another between the two though menelaus has a lot more virtue than paris because at least he has honor you know like uh he's he is steeped in the things that you mentioned, but he does have, sure, you know, dignity and honor at least. Yes. So, but anyway, so I, I was thinking about just this idea of these two different types of appetites fighting one another, you know, uh-huh. and combating, uh, and these two characters and, and, and the roles that they play and what they, what it means. And so I thought, well, let's actually talk about passions. Let's talk about appetites. Uh, we've talked about it before on the show, you know, concupiscible appetites and irascible appetites, but turns out, uh, a I little think, bit. I think we should a, we should define those things. Sure, sure, we will. But turns it turns out like there's different parts of these things hmm. that that make up concupiscible and irascible appetites, right? Okay. Uh, so passions. You you were talking. We were talking about passions and, and uh, appetites, and you're like, or, or passions and emotions. And emotions. And, and you're like, well, is that actually the same thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be just passions, like the pathos, right? Uh, until like the 18th century. Uh, emotions was was brought into the literary world uh-huh. uh, and so they kind of are interchangeable now emotion comes from a greek word which means to move to move correct um is that in your notes no it's not but i, I did read that mm-hmm. um appetite is for, is orexis 
Okay, and so it uh, it means uh, to act also. Okay. So also to move. That's why, like, uh, if you are anorexic, uh-huh. uh, you do not desire food. You don't want to move to food. Oh, like you're against the appetite. The appetite, right? You know, so people who are, are passionless suffer from a sort of anorexia of emotion. Hmm. Indeed. You know, so uh, I really like like the origin of words. I always think that's fascinating. The etymology of words. Etymology is the word that I could not think of. So I went with origin, which is a little bit ironic. Don't you think? Yeah. A little too ironic? It's a little bit pathetic. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so you know, the apathetic is inclined not to act. Uh-huh. You know, the, the, the passionate mm-hmm. are inclined to act, or emotions to act. So anyway, so uh, passions, you know, th- is governed by reason, right? H- however, that you're your passions can overrun your reason and, and things can run amok very yeah. quickly. Because the, the passions are things that, that they don't have their origin inside of you. They're things, these are, these are influences that are external, that, are, that act upon the intellect. That's they don't come from the intellect, right? So, and so it's, it's right. the intellect's job to control these the outside forces that are playing upon it, right? So it's uh, so that the uh, official definition of passion, so to speak, from Aquinas is is it's a movement of the sense of appetite, uh, which follows the apprehension of the senses, and is a com- uh, accompanied by a bodily transmutation or movement, right? So it's this. Uh, I try to use the word transmutation, like in my daily. Yeah, that's. When I read that, I was like, okay. But here's... here's Would you transmute the food, please, to the table? (laughs) What? You heard me! (laughs) Here's something that's interesting, though. Passions are morally neutral in themselves. Yeah. Right? So, uh, when you hear concupiscible or or irascible... Uh Uh-huh. You, you, yeah, you, you tend to think the word concupiscence, oh, bad. Right. right? But that's Immediately. not... Yeah, but that's not necessarily true. Concupiscence actually is like... There's a couple different ways you can use that word, but... Now, if, in, they, if they control your reason and usurp your reasoning, then that's a bad... You know, then it becomes, you know, a, a, a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but so he talks about that there are 11 basic emotions uh, within... Uh, concusable and raspable appetites. We'll talk about these first, and then uh, it'll kind of break down a little bit easier, okay? Okay. So he talks about there are 11 basic emotions that Aquinas has formulated, and they are love and hate, desire and aversion, joy and sorrow, hope, despair, courage, fear, and anger. Anger doesn't have a a diametric... Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. Yes, for sure, because that's the. It's very clear that anger is the only one that doesn't have an opposing side. Yeah. Right. Now, the first, uh, all emotions. This is what's really interesting. All emotions hinge on love. Okay. Now, not love like as a willing of the good of the other, but love as in you see something that is eros. Yeah. <laughs> you see something that is good. Yeah. It right? is. It is in fact eros. eros. So love is the primary mover yeah, the, of, of, of emotions, right? And so without love, none of the other emotions can exist mm-hmm. because you're always geared towards something that is love. You, it, it, hate cannot be the primary emotion. 
good attracts us, not hate. Right? This is why, like, we hate disease because we love health, not vice versa. Right. Right? So all negative emotions, whether concupiscible or rational, cannot arise at if they are perceived to be a good, so to speak. So when we get back, I want to, like, we, do, we, we listed the 11, but they, they break down really nicely. And we'll talk about this on the other side of the break. Okay. For over 35 years, Select International Tours has been planning pilgrimages all across the world, and they've been doing that for a reason. Yeah, if you guys have listened to our show, then you know that we just got back from Ireland. Uh, we used Select International Tours to book our pilgrimage to Ireland. Everything went just great. It went exactly how we planned it. Right. right? In fact, one of the pilgrims uh, said that it was his the best pilgrimage he's ever been on. Right. I mean, so the thing is, they know what they're doing. If, if you want to go on a nice pilgrimage uh, that's really, you know, oriented around experiencing the Catholic faith um, in some of the most historic, most important sites all over the world for the history of our faith, go to selectinternationaltours.com. They have pilgrimages going everywhere in the world all the time just because, you know, they, they do it so well, everybody wants to use them. That's right. And if you go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow, you'll be one of the first ones to know when we're planning our next pilgrimage, which spring or summer 2024. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We want to thank Select International Tours for being a sponsor of our show, The Catholic Man Show. Welcome back to The Catholic Man Show. Talking about passions, talking about emotions today. Yes, we are. This is what we are doing. Yes, today we are talking about the emotions. Uh, it's something that you know. I haven't. I, I was just I what like Chad really GPT di- would have to say about emotions. A lot. It would actually. Yes. Uh, this is something that I was I was really uh, studying up on, like we had talked about uh, in the other segment. Just trying to understand how to segment all these things out. You know, what what are the different types of emotions? What makes up these different types of emotions? Um, I think it's good to know what they are, so that way you know what you're combating and what or what you're needing to um, be aware of when making decisions. So that way, your intellect and your will can be can form your appetites, not the other way around. Right. Right. So uh, there are eleven of them that Saint Thomas Aquinas talks about. The first six. Or the three pairs, love, hate. Uh, I just went. I just lost my notes here. Uh, uh, love, hate, desire, aversion, and joy and sorrow. Okay, these uh, these are like we talked about how uh, everything is is ordered in love, right? So yes. So love, hate. Uh, so you see something that you love. You see something that arises in your first inclination is this is a good. Mm-hmm. And so you desire it, right? And so then you, 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 you have it and there's a joy that is brought because of, of the good, right? So like you're like thirsty and you say like, I'd like a beer. And you go and you, you go to the tavern and you order a beer and you see the beer and then you have the beer and it is good. It, it, is, it gives you joy. Yes. Right, so there's the the opposite of those, right? That we that we were just talking about, um, the hate, the love, hate, the desired version, and the joy and sorrow, right? So the hate, aversion, and sorrow is you see something that is evil, 
you don't you, you try to avoid it. If you don't, it, it brings you sorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. So these these three pair are what is classified as concupiscible appetites. Okay, so it's it's basically the pursuit of the good without with avoiding pain. It's very easy to obtain. Irascible appetites have to do with uh, um, things that are arduous. Concupiscible appetites have to do with something that is very easy to obtain. Okay. Do they tend to be intellectual in nature or not necessarily? No, they don't. They don't. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, also, throughout history, it's very interesting that concupiscible appetites have also been uh, called positive appetites or emotions of pleasure. Okay. So, concupiscible appetites are of the lowest level, and then the irascible appetites are, are, are above that. Okay. Because obviously you can see. And you're saying concusable. Concusable. And irascible. Irascible. Okay. Am I saying it fast? Yeah. Or am I saying it? It's just like one of those words that like people might be going, what is he saying? Concusable. Concusable and irascible. Irascible. Irascible appetites. Yeah. Can you spell without looking irascible? It's a really weird. It's really weird because there's only one R. It's I like, cannot spell it without looking. It's, it seems like it should be I-R-R something. Right. But it's not. It's, um, not, it's not English, that's why. Hmm. Yeah, it's what? Greek? Probably Greek. Yeah. Uh, so the last five, hope, despair, courage, fear, and anger. So it's courage, not daring. Well, it, it's same, just... Same, same? Yeah, same. It's just a translation. Same, same. Yeah, are known as the irascible appetites, right? And these are the... the What's called like the emergency uh, appetite. These are things that like kick in almost inst- instinctually. Uh-huh. Fight, um, fight or flight, so. fight, yeah, so, so to speak. Uh, in fact, that's why at one point in time they were they were called like um, the masculine appetites or the emergency appetites. Uh, they were also called contending emotions or utility emotions. These are all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the base, you know, they're basically emergency or contending emotions. They arise when some mo- uh, monumentous good or evil appeal appears, which is difficult. To attain or avoid. So, like, if you so uh, an example would be hijacker in a plane, right? So, there's going to be people who have hope that we're going to get out of this. There's going to be people who are going to take courage to fight, mm-hmm. and there's going to be people who completely despair and say we're all doomed. And there's just going to be people who are just going to be completely afraid. Yeah, right. The high, because they despair. Because they despair. Yeah. Uh, the higher the level of like uh the intensity of this act is if it is overcome the more joy there is right but, but at the end everyone's angry because they shouldn't have had to deal with that anyway um no even, even if you were hopeful and courageous no. it's like yeah but i shouldn't have had <laughs> to fight the hijacker <laughs> that guy's the worst no uh yeah that's kind of that's kind of funny but um so they don't all lead to anger they don't all lead to anger Good. i'm glad not i'm glad that all roads don't lead to anger that's that no. brings me. That brings me hope. Yeah. So hope is more like the absent, of, uh, like the uh, good is absent but attainable. Like there's like you can you can see it. It's not there, but you can you can hope for it. That's why you know there's no hope in heaven. Right. Because there's nothing left to hope, hope for. for. You're already there. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, courage is like threatening, but uh, like the evil is conquerable. Mm-hmm. Like you can still do it. Like you're on that high. That there's a hijacker on the plane, but uh, you can see that there is an uh, there's an out. You know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not the train, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, despair is just like uh, abs- like the good is absent uh, and unattainable. 
Like you're just all all despair. Like you know, in Dante's Inferno, like uh, it. What what is it? Um, oh, ye who enter here, all all. Oh yeah. At the very beginning, it's like all hope. Yeah, cast hope aside. Aside or something. Or, yeah. All, yeah. all despair. All he ye who enter here, uh-huh. or something like that. You know, because you're entering hell, you have no more hope. Right. Like, there's no no way. Of there's no out. hope in the afterlife, no matter what. No hope in heaven. No hope in hell. There's hope in purgatory. Uh, so to speak. I mean, but you've. Do you? You don't. Well, need, no, yeah, you, I don't know. You don't need yeah, hope maybe not. Because you already are. You know you that have, it, it, you have assurance. That it, yeah, there's no. Team. There's nothing left to hope for. You. You made the cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, but fear is 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 threat like this threatening but unconquerable evil. That's okay. fear. It has to be unconquerable. Yeah, that's what uh, this is like. Um. Yeah, because like this is like uh, the opposite of courage. Okay. So to speak. You so you you view it to be un- unconquerable. unconquerable, right? Okay. Um. So anyway, so. Uh, in order to you know get out of despair, there has to be hope. In order to get out of fear, there has to be some, you, you, you have to have courage. Uh, the soul it, uh, may be attracted in love towards something that is that is not necessarily a good, which is uh, where the disorder comes in, right? Because we talked about the very you know the other side other side of this, the break that everything is geared towards love. Like you can't do something that you don't think is a good. Now whether it is actually a good or not is. Uh, you know, up for debate, right? But you can perceive something to be good that is actually not good, sure. And you you atti- you, you you obtain it, you know. So you, you you desire something that is that you that you love, it's desirable, and then uh, it's not a good, and you don't actually get that joy. Uh huh. You get sorrow. Right, so it's like the equation goes both ways. Yeah, um, and this is why it's so important to be able to uh, train your intellect and will to be able to uh, to to perceive what is what is good for good sake for that is truly good. Mm-hmm. So that way we could obtain it. Right, this is what the virtuous life is all about: is doing the, the habituation of the good uh, and being able to recognize it. And now. Being not only being able to recognize, it, but doing it over and over again to where it's no longer even a a thought. It's just it's what habitual. you do. It's a virtue, right? Yeah, this is part of when God says that He has written His law on our hearts, right? That mm-hmm. that there is just it's almost like a law of physics that when you obtain, if you view something to be good and then, but it isn't, it will not satisfy you, right? Um, that you will. This is why you will know at the depth of your being at some point you you. In the beginning, the moment you get it, you might experience pleasure mm-hmm. um, and satisfaction at you know the fact that you have achieved what you sought after, and it might in fact been a pleasurable thing, but it it will not satisfy. It won't bring that joy. The means in which you obtained it did not satisfy the right. end. Right, and you will find over time that your appetites are not satiated, right? Right. That, that it's you, not satisfying. Right, that you need to continue, that there's just something else that's not at rest in you. I mean, this, mm-hmm. so this is like part of God writing his law on your heart. It's, right. it's stamped into your very being, 
This that is you are, a, that you are made for the good, right? And, this and for is, nothing less. We this is like an episode we talked about with Dean Garlic on on Eros on Erotic Love. It's the, this ascend mm-hmm. uh, uh, of of the good, like you know. So this is this is the whole. Problem. I highly recommend that episode. It's uh, really go really back good. and listen if you haven't listened to that on Erotic cool. Love. Go back and, and listen to it because really what we're talking about here is in fact Eros. Oh, it yes. is erotic love, mm-hmm. um, and it's just that's one of those things that people just don't know about they just they think you think it's oh it's just sexual love and that certainly is erotic but that's not what erotic love is right and so this is what pornography does right so you see it there there is a good namely that procreation is a good right Mm -hmm. you know and you see it the beauty of woman is good yeah is is all good like we're not um manichaeists right so so to speak you know i'm not i'm not either good good jim no. no. Okay. okay. He says no. He says no. Good. Uh, but there's a, there is a good there, but the means in which you you satisfy that good is not uh, is a dis is a in a disordered way, mm-hmm. and it's not how it, it doesn't follow natural law. It you will have an appetite towards the beauty of woman, mm-hmm. and this is the whole point that we all have to use our intellect, mm-hmm. because yes, you're made with this appetite. Mm-hmm. Sexual appetite, appetite for all kinds of things, and the, the pursuit of holiness, in large part, is simply about self-mastery and controlling those appetites. So that way we can orient ourselves to the highest good, That's namely right. God. That's right. Because He alone can only satisfy so us. So that we're not pulled along by them. We pull them along. You know, we tell them what to do. Not vice versa. Not vice versa. The hosts of The Catholic Man Show have produced a practical, helpful, and spiritual uplifting book that helps parents make the connection between church and the domestic church. Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place reminds every Catholic family of their daily duties, responsibilities, and privileges to help each other become saints. That endorsement is from Father Leo Padalingha. Go check out our new book from Ascension Press. You can go to ascensionpress.com or just Google Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Pick one up for you, for your family, for your friends. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to leave a review so that way others can be made aware of the book as well. We want to thank Father Leo Padalinghug for his endorsement of our book, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. Sipping on some water. Is this filtered? It is. Berkey water? Is this Berkey no, water? It's not Berkey water. You have another filter other than oh you're you have a you have a fridge, fridge now. Filter, yeah. Do you still use the Berkey? Uh not a lot. Not as much. Because yeah. it's just not as convenient. Yeah. It's like you and I have switched places. Yeah. You for a long time did not have a refrigerator mm-hmm. with a water dispenser. And I was always thinking like, man, you guys really need to get a, a refrigerator with a water dispenser. Mm-hmm. And now I moved and and the house came with this huge fridge that doesn't have a water that doesn't have a water dispenser and makes me so mad. And now you guys have a fridge with a water dispenser, and you're probably coming over to our house going like, "Man, you guys really got to get a fridge with a water dispenser." <laughs> you, know, you should get a Berkey. It's way better. <laughs> I have noticed. I've said this before, but I, there's an incredibly high correlation between possession of a Berkey water filter and attendance at the traditional Latin mass. I break the rule. But yeah, you do. You're not. Uh, you're not like the super high, like correlated thing that I'm talking about. But right. 
But you know what? If you attend, the tr- if you're one of those people who like, oh, I go to the TLM, there's a good chance you have a Berkey water filter in your kitchen. I was, I was thinking about this just the other day. Outside of going to Clear Creek, which, by the way, we're going to Clear Creek this week. Yeah. I'm so pumped um, for a little retreat. Get my quiet on. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of going there, I haven't been to, to the traditional Latin mass since before COVID. I haven't either. And we were in the habit of sort of going like every, about every three months. I wanted like, we tried to go about every month, mm-hmm. which means that we actually went like every three months. But yeah, then when COVID hit and mass was all crazy, uh, right. they, you know, you had to like register, like reserve your spot for mass at their, at their parish. And mm-hmm. I knew that it was like, I'm not going to go and take up a spot. A parishioner spot. Uh, that, like, yeah, Exactly. I can go to my own parish, you know, and right. not bump somebody else from going to mass on Sunday. And right. totally got out of the habit of going over there now. Mm-hmm. I should go. I would like to as well. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about appetites. We're talking about uh, controlling your appetites um, and making sure that your appetites are not overrunning your intellect or will. Uh, you always are, are. Everything is 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 geared in love right like we talked about and so this is what uh, on the other side of the br- or before the break we were talking about how this is what how pornography just completely corrupts not only uh obviously uh, it being a grave sin uh, but it also like just corrupts your imagination it ruins it just dis- like it destroys all um it, it it destroys all that is um Oh, of wonder and awe because it's not it's not that right it's it's you're not um it's it's just pixel it's 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 a fake it's not it's not real and um i don't know so it's like, shallow it's shallow yeah, yes yeah. yeah it's hollow right yeah yeah so i need to make a correction earlier i said concusable and that it's concupiscible concupiscible concusable no no now see you got me all messed concupiscible. up concupiscible there's a P in there. Uh-huh. I was leaving the P out. Concupiscible. Um, so you've got the concupiscible appetites, love, hate, desire, aversion, joy, and sorrow. And then you've got the irascible of hope, despair, courage, fear, and anger. Um, the concupiscible appetites are lower, meaning that like they're more base. They're mm-hmm. simpler. They mm-hmm. kind of come first, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So does that make them, like in, in a hierarchy, do you need to control... Can you have self-mastery over your irascible appetites if you don't first have mastery over your concupiscible appetites? No, I don't believe so. I think um, you have to have... You have to have uh, control. control. Yeah, uh, because your uh, your irascible appetites can, can override all your concupiscible appetites anyway. Right, because if you don't know what to love, then you won't be able to hope. That's right. Yeah, and, and love... Is concupiscible. Right. That's the first. That's the first level of concupiscible is the love hate. The mm-hmm. first level of irascible is the, the hope, hope or despair. Right. So, but if you don't have a love, if you don't have a beloved, mm-hmm. a thing, right, or person, uh, then you won't be able to hope for the attainment of the thing which is loved. Mm-hmm. That's right. You can't hope it for anything if you don't love something first. That's right. Uh, yeah, um, there's something else. I was, yeah, so it says because passions are susceptible to becoming disordered, 
so right so as we talked about like pornography or other things like your passions can be you can satiate your your desires or your passions in things that are disordered Mm -hmm. which never satisfy you completely this is why this is the beauty of fasting and feasting this is the beauty of you know controlling your appetite so that way you can truly feast a man who is always feasting can never truly feast right a glutton can never truly feast right because he's just and he's enslaved to the his appetite for feasting that's right so the will needs to be perfected by uh settled dispositions or habits by which it can direct the passions to appropriate objects right so that way you can mm-hmm. focus on the things of the true basically the trends and the, right? the, the actual the good of feasting instead of the the right thing the at the right time uh right. With, with the right amount if you can't say no your yes means nothing right so earlier i think when i asked you about are, is the concupiscible appetites are they intellectual i think it's because there is more of an intellectual element to them right you have to know what you love right um you have to have an understanding of the good so that you can love it there's more of this intellectual no i think actually it's the opposite you really okay yeah uh, i think it talks about um that the raspable appetites actually take uh, more time to think about uh, that hmm. the, the concusable ones are are more of uh, just um, uh, non like you just don't think about it because it's more of a danger. Like, hold on, uh, I'll, I'll, well, okay, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm also maybe just not explaining this clearly. I'm thinking of like if you don't have knowledge of the good, then you can't love it, right? So you, you need to your intellect needs to have some knowledge of the good that is loved. Yeah, so it's a, uh, uh, Aquinas says, the arousable appetites are more likely to beget thought because it is because of the difficulty involved, and if overcome, will result in greater joy. Okay. Because it requir- it's more difficult. Yeah, so I... And difficult. That, right, yeah, I, I understand that point. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just not doing a very good job of expressing oh, okay. it right yeah I'm because sorry, i thought you were talking i thought you were the asking irascible appetites they do take more intellectual more, power yes intellectual power right um but the concupiscible appetites it's just like oh yeah i know the good i like i have a, a comprehension i have this understanding this knowledge um about them and so that's why that's why i love them that's why i desire i desire it because i know it mm. you know yeah, right i don't have to like Think about it, like what Aquinas is saying. But there's this um, intellectual under, understanding, in, in your, right? Yeah, it doesn't actually take the intellect to do any work. But you know, it's sort of like oh, the tree. Well, I have knowledge of what a tree is, right? Mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. A nece- not necessarily a specific tree, but like treeness. I have encountered enough trees where, like, I have this general concept of, tree. of trees, right? And so that's what I meant by like an intellectual gotcha. element to the concupiscible appetites. Because they're tangible. It's more tangible. Right. Well, yeah. And it's just like, oh, yes, I know I have a knowledge of the thing. And so therefore I can desire it without a knowledge of the good. Mm-hmm. You can't. It's not possible for you to desire something that you don't know. Right. Like, yeah. If you've, I mean, that's why, that's if why you've never it- heard of or had baklava. Right. Or candy. Let, let me put it in terms you can understand, Thank Adam. You. Why don't you explain it to me like I'm five? Right. If you've never heard of candy, okay? Let's say you grew up in, like, Antarctica. Okay. It's been a rough life. 
you've never heard the word candy. No one's ever given you candy. You've had nothing but like snow Cones. Your, for your whole life. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> you can't desire candy because you have no you have no knowledge of it, right? Right. That's right. Yeah. Okay, good. Th- this is why this is why like what we were saying earlier is that you can't actually do something that you don't perceive to be a good. Now the the good in which you perceive can be a disordered in, in like your your intellect could be uh misguiding you. Your conscience can even be misguiding you. Yeah. Uh but you can't do something that you don't perceive to be a good. Correct. Yeah, and you know what we've that's kind of reminds me of like this uh something else we've talked about that maybe this is sidetrack so if stop me if I'm no, go ahead. I mean, uh, this is the we've show. talked about this is what the, we do. We the idea of all the time um, the psychology of rationalization. Mm. How mm-hmm. they've proven psychologically that you are actually incapable of making a choice that you don't view to be the best choice. So, if you're given like three options, you you are actually incapable of choosing one. Is unless, this Robert Riley? Well, uh, Doctor yeah, Doctor Robert Riley. He uh, the opening chapter of his book, Making Gay Okay. He goes. Uh, it's yeah it's the first or second chapter he talks about this as a psychological principle and why it is that uh people get so ingrained into these different life moral lifestyles that they've chosen mm-hmm. and that they will just fight to the death you know instead of just like hey guys uh i'm just trying to have a polite you know, intellectual conversation, and all of a sudden you're screaming and like your emotions are and like yelling obscenities at me. Right? Uh, I thought we were just like talking, you right. know, and now all of a sudden you're like seething and foaming at the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because when you make a choice, you always you cannot choose it unless you view it to be the the best choice. Now you might add extra elements to the equation. You know, it's like oh, I know this is this might be the right choice, but if I choose this other one, I'll look good. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be easier, right? And But at the end of the day, even at a subconscious level, you know you have rationalized this decision and you have not made a good choice, right? right. It just kind of reminds me about, you know, like you, you're incapable of choosing the thing. The evil. Right. You're, you're just made for the good and you can't avoid choosing it no matter what you do. Even if you're disordered. <laughs> right, exactly. And you might be. But we're made for the good. We're yeah. made for God. All right, uh, we're out of time on the radio. Go check us out on thecatholicmancho.com. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. So again, uh, as you as you can tell, uh, you know I'm not an expert in this by any means. However, I think that it was I think it's very important to talk about. Uh, even if we're just talk like I'm just talking through my understanding of it on air. This is like, you know, most people what they do is they have an intellectual life where they read things. And then they ponder it for a long time, and then they come to a conclusion. Well, what we do on the show is like we read something, and then we ponder Let's it. Let's figure it out on the on, on the air, air yeah. for everybody else to hear, and then we try to come up with you know conclusions. So this is just, but it's good to know what's happening because if you if your passions or your appetites are so out of control, you can you can be blinded to reality, right? You can be blinded to that good, yeah. and in order to be you know in order to be able to see. You have to know what is obstructing your vision, mm-hmm. right? If you're in the cave, you have to know whether it, that there is something outside this cave. Yeah, the shadows this on the wall. Is, I mean, this is just an allegory that I'm just like completely coming you're just up kind of making yeah. this up. I mean, yeah. let's just say you're in a cave. There's you're in a like, cave. Let's say there's, there's a, a fire, fire 
at the mouth of the cave. And let's just say, like, there's there's things that are being projected. Right, causing these, like, just spitballing, like, some shadows on right. the wall. Right, and you think, this is reality. And you, you, it's all you've known, and you think this is the the whole world, or these right. shadows. And, and then you actually get out of the cave. Let's say I, let's say it's me. Okay. Let's say I get out of the cave, and right. I realize... There's more to this world there's than There's, like, shadows. this whole other world, and it's just a fire, and the stuff you're looking at is just... It's just shadows. But if you've been habituated to these shadows this whole time... Let's say you were that person. Let's say, hypothetically, yeah, this I is, was... This is a great analogy. I walk out of the cave, but I've been so habituated to the shadows in the cave that I actually can't handle the reality, and I desire to go back mm-hmm. down to the shadows. Yeah. And I, I, I neglect the higher good for the yeah. lower goods. We should write this down. Right. So we should make if, that... Make it allegorical again. Mm-hmm. We have a, a so this is I mean CatholicManshow.com. Go check out our shop. You can get our sweatshirt. Make Plato's Cave allegorical again. It's, pretty it's a it's a philosophical deep track sweatshirt. Yeah, not not a lot of those out there. No, but if you want one, <laughs> we'll sell you one. Uh, but this is the problem, right? Whenever uh, you've habituated yourself to the lower goods, that when you're exposed to the higher goods, uh, your appetites are so. Uh, controlling your your will that you you can't even enjoy the higher goods Mm -hmm. because you're a slave to these lower ones yeah and i think this is especially important for men because we tend to be creatures of our appetites Mm -hmm. um whether it's visual appetites whether it's actual food appetites right so we tend to be much more influenced by these passions in our lives than women are per se. Women women have their own um, their own struggles, uh, but men, you know, we tend to be food driven. You know, it's, it's I mean, it's true what they say about like the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. You know, there's a reason why that's a saying, mm-hmm. um, and so we have a tendency to become enslaved to these very base animalistic elements of us, mm-hmm. and it's it's a shame. Because we're not made for that. We're made for contemplation. We're made right. to, to to rest in God. And if you have, which is the same as women, women, you know, right, we, we, we don't we're right, not right. distinguished from women in that. Right, right. But we're we're all made to for contemplation, right? Uh, yeah. For, to adore our Creator, and and that's why a lot of times when we go to adoration, and we sit there for an hour, it's very hard. And we start thinking about, oh man, I'm hungry, or oh man, I you know I got to go do this. I have all these things, and your, your mind gets flooded with distractions, or or there's different uh, things that your body is is wanting you to do outside of this contemplation mm-hmm. because you don't have your body's appetites quieted. Right. Um, the good news is, is that whenever you habituate yourself to the higher goods, the thought of of uh, disorderly doing something that of the lower goods, it becomes like unfathomable. Like mm-hmm. you know, the more that you remain in the state of grace, yeah, it's repulsive. It becomes repulsive, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just repulsive to think about a mortal sin. It's not like not like even tempting any you know at all. Right. It becomes like just distasteful and like just um, you're just completely shunning it away. Like it's not even a thought. It's mm-hmm. not even something a, a concept that you'd want to do. Yeah. Um. And this is what the beauty of, you know, uh, being uh, the economy of grace is the beauty of, of the life within, Christ, you know, of Christ is that when you uh, quiet your lower appetites so that you 
can thrive, your, the higher goods can thrive in your life. You get moved up to the to, to a higher banquet, so to speak, and feast with our feast with the lamb. Yeah, absolutely. It's but I was want to finish this point about men, how important this is for men, because oh, I thought you were. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, no, you had a a good segue from it. Now I'm going to segue back to it. Okay. Men, given more power and authority in this world. It's more important for us to have our appetites under control because if we fail to, then we become more of a tyrant, right? Because the power that we're given, who's it for? Right, it's for the people that we serve, right? But you look at a child, their their appetites are not in not in control. They're running amok, right? And you know that's part of being a child is learning slowly to control them. So that's why God saw it fit that they're not very strong. Okay, like, thank God. Strong babies would be a nightmare. <laughs> right, like, what if, what if your three-year-old was as strong as you? <laughs> like, I'm not sure there'd be very many humans left. It'd be, it would be a different, parenting would be a different situation. Right. Um, so, <laughs> that's, that's why it's important for men, especially, to have their passions under control, uh, because we have a we we actually have with with more power we have a greater obligation to have to have self mastery because when we fail to the consequences are also greater and the self mastery actually becomes a love right you know mm-hmm. uh, when you're when you're going through ascet- like ascetic pra- asceticisms or ascetic pra- ascetic practices mm-hmm. yep. Um, at first, they're hard, right? Because you're in this rut. Your your uh, your appetites are, are very loud, and they're controlling, and you're you're deviating from this rut, so to speak, this deep ingrained rut that, that you live, and it's trying to get get you back into that rut. Yeah. But whenever you are, at, whenever you start um, doing these ascetic practices, and, and and you're starting to live this this life of grace and, and, and this uh, seeing the true, the good, and the beautiful, the thought of being able to offer up these things for our Lord or for another, willing the good of the other, you know, desiring the good of the other, uh, becomes such a joy. And this is what you see in, you know, Therese of Lisieux, Teresa of Avila, uh, John, St. John of the Cross, you know, all these, these mystics and, and, and these doctors of the church when they talk about these writings, St. Francis de Sales, I mean, when, when they're writing this stuff and you, you're reading and you're like, what? She she stayed up all night long and deprived herself of, of sleep and then you know did all these different things and all she was doing is, is rejoicing that she was able to do it for the Lord. Right. Like, I'd be so cranky. You know, I'd be like... That's not healthy. That's not even good, yeah. But it's because she's been able to... Uh, quiet her bodily appetites yep. so that she's able to see Christ in reality as it truly is. I do think loud, the word you used, is really the best word to describe disordered appetites. You know, if you try to pray, mm-hmm. you just can't. They're like yelling at you the whole mm-hmm. time, you mm-hmm. know, about, uh, you know, your attention span is so short Mm-hmm. That you can't even sit there. I mean, it's like just like Christ telling the apostles, you couldn't even pray for an hour. It's like 
Mm-hmm. Have you tried to pray for an hour without being distracted? I'll give you a million dollars if you can do it. Our Father, our never- right. Wait, a million dollars? Right, yeah. Now, is that in cash? Yeah. <laughs> Pre-tax? Yeah. Okay, let me start over. Yeah. Now, can I get it in Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like, for me, it's just out of, uh, just out of a pot, not a possibility for me. Um, but I'm working. You know on what, Dave? It. it is a possibility. It is a possibility. You're right. You're made for it, actually. I'm just despairing of that of that hope. Take courage. I will. Take courage through your friendship. There you go. Yeah. So I mean, this like I again. Um, I was just trying to work this out in my head, uh, and it all stemmed from reading some of the great books, which is uh, something that is is uh, awesome to do to read good books with good friends. And talk about them because um, this, you know, the, none of this would have I I would have talked about on the show had it not been for that. Um, but it's good also just to know and be aware, so that way you can put your guard up or let your guard down. I finished a book today. Oh, would you? Would you? What was it? Little Lord Fauntleroy. Oh yeah, it's a kids' book, right? delightful it's just a delightful i've read it before but i was i read it to the kids we finished it today it's just a lovely little book i'm almost done with the way of the pilgrim have you read this is that the protestant book no that's pilgrim's progress no way of the pilgrim but it's like uh russian orthodox actually okay no i've not read it uh it's about uh, you know the jesus prayer yeah Uh, lord jesus christ have mercy on me a sinner Mm -hmm. it's like one of the best books talking about um the jesus prayer okay uh, incredible book uh, by this, this like monk hermit guy. Um, I would love to find somebody who has who's an expert on the topic and talk to him about it. Uh, I have not read the sequel. I think it's a sequel, not a prequel. I think it's the sequel. Yeah, uh, yeah, it has to be a, uh, the, the sequel because it it's like the pilgrim's journey continues or something like that (laughs) (laughs) so can't be can't be a prequel uh um so i haven't read that one yet but the first one's supposed to be really really good so i'm almost finished that and uh, i'd love to talk to somebody about it it's a short book too i like oh short short books books. yeah i like short books so i'm reading that i'm reading the iliad and then i'm reading uh iris exiled which is uh dr dennis quinn's book who he was one of the three in the humanities program with John Senior, nice. He's one of the three professors. Yeah, yeah. And he, it, it, the book is all on wonder. I wonder what it's about. He's still talking about Sorry. the origin, the Sorry. origin of the of the word wonder, which is uh, mind boggling. But yeah, like, anyway. do you think Wonder Woman had a lot of questions? I think that's just. Uh, <laughs> Hi, this is Bishop David Condorla of the Diocese of Tulsa in Oklahoma. So let us pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. 
Amen.